Welcome, welcome, fearless lifers. It's good to have you back. I missed my podcast last week due to technical difficulties. And then like the holiday weekend was was upon us and I was like, nah, I'm just going to take a break. So I'm back with you now. Yay. So I do have a report on NaNoWriMo. If you remember last episode, we had a special guest, Marissa Mohi, talking to us about writing and taking up hobbies and protecting your space during the holiday. And I totally did protect my space. In fact, I finished my first draft of my novel for NaNoWriMo. Yay! Wrote about 55,000 words, which is a short amount and good for the children's fiction that I was working on. So super proud. So that is a little bit of news for you guys. And my next steps are to edit and try to get this into you know, something kind of interesting to read. And maybe I'll get to share it with you guys someday. Okay, so I wanted to start out this episode by telling you guys my intention to do a three-part series. Um, I was thinking about what to do the episode of these last few episodes of this year about, and I realized what I tend to do as a person um, is to be reflective about this time of year and kind of prepare myself to have a lot of fun and enjoyment in December and be really super connected with the community. And then when January hits to kind of be really super calm and think about like a word or a focus and cast that out into the year. So I thought we could maybe do that together. And it's, I feel like that's a form of self-care And my walking buddy and fellow writer, Melissa Geyser, said that if you don't practice self-care, you're going to be a shit parent. And let's not be shit parents. Let's do self-care. Yay! Okay, so part one. This is part one. And this episode is kind of me sharing how I looked back onto the year and tried to figure out what the theme was. Well, I did figure out what the theme was, and it really surprised me. So in this calendar year, I really stopped a habit I had that I've had always, probably, and it's I'm calling it transactional living. So the way I was thinking about transactional living is that when you do something that you that you look sort of to your surroundings for feedback and a report card and any kind of accolades or demerits based on your behavior. Now, I understand that our world, just the fact that we're animals in this planet, like we're going to be living a transactional life. There will always be consequences for actions. But I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about a learned focus, a learned behavior that for me, like started when I was little, 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 and probably for most people because it's a, it's a parenting norm. And then in school, it was totally reinforced with grades and with um, getting into special reading groups where you were a super cool reader or you were a really slow reader and that was really sad. And just sort of how we began to be grouped 
by our school performance and then our behavior performance. And that, that moves on forward to, oh, you have a job? Cool. Let's try to get promotions and pay raises. And I'm not even talking about that intrinsic enjoyment you get from doing your purpose. I'm talking about the focus and motivation of living your life like it's a transaction with the world around you. And that you gave away me, I gave away my territory for other people to determine whether it was valuable or not and left it in their hands to decide what I would receive. So this is an arc that kind of went over a lot of my life. And I'm talking about it because I have a feeling that I'm not alone. Um, especially since this is such an ingrained part of our society. So there we are. I'm going through this year, and I'm parenting and I'm doing things for my son when I, I get confronted with this reality that transactional living doesn't coincide very well with a self-directed approach. And I was, it sort of hit me like a bus, I guess. Nothing hit me. I mean, I didn't like get hurt. I'm just talking about like metaphorically in my mind. So, um, so when I was parenting, I had to stop holding my own approval out as the reason for my child to make choices. I had to find new tools like be a mirror or even be a playback button, but not a feedback machine of approval or disapproval to guide the choices or manipulate as some people might say. So I really was realizing that you can use, you can get caught up in transactional living, even if you kind of think you're working for good. I know I did. I, I definitely went through periods where I worked myself to the bone for quote unquote good causes and they were good causes. But in the end, if my motivation is that I really want something in return, then that's a transactional life. Oh, hold on, my dog wants in. So, at the end of the day, I, I feel like this year was, for me, just sort of, hanging out with myself and figuring out what the heck my motivation is for things and examining motivation that have become a habit. Of course, I'm a good person. I don't have anything really big to feel guilty for no more or less than any other of us kind of hanging around. But and I really do try to always make the right decisions the best I can and have integrity and all that. But I really had to be honest that a a lot of my life focus had been in the habit of 
having a transactional life. And so if I want to give that freedom and space for my son to choose differently or to be able to practice parts of his life, that that life that are not based in transaction, then I actually need to practice that too. So I don't know if that resonates with any of you all. I just thought um, it was interesting for my own observations and that I would share. Here are the ways in 2018 that I had, I took a break from transactional living. So first, I had a relationship detox. Basically, if the relationship was in any way transactional or based in any possibility of benefit or approval or disapproval, I put it on pause. And so I did this so I could learn to hear myself again instead of responding to cues of approval or disapproval or good or bad. And this might be like connections that I stayed really close to for business and that weren't really like connected to me in other ways that were a little more authentic and permanent. So I just, the next thing I did was I focused on the relationships that gave me the message Hey, Christy, you're not perfect, but I like you and I still want you to be a part of my life and I don't need anything from you and I know you don't need anything from me and we um, were as peers. So those relationships I pulled closer to me because I actually needed to practice that kind of healthy interaction with people and community Again, that didn't have transaction. All I had to do to be winning at that relationship was just to be myself. So what that ended up meaning was there were fewer people. There was lots more home time, which really was probably something I needed to retrain too. So before um, before this year, I had one of those jobs, like a eight to five job, really active in the community, and I'd had it for a long time. And my focus had crept and crept and crept to doing that work instead of the spending the time being with my family and getting to know my household people in those subtle, quiet ways that you do, you can only do when you spend lots and lots of time with them. So that my husband and my son, that is definitely home is definitely not a transaction zone. This is definitely a place that's always been um, all about us being ourselves. So really me being here at home was part of me practicing breaking that habit of transactional life with people. So I thought that was kind of cool. So what ended up happening overall is I became quieter. I exerted less power on the exterior world. It worried me at first because I thought maybe my personality had changed, but really it was just getting to know myself for who I was separate from transactional living. And that that was a part of me that had kind of gotten muted over the years. So I have to say, I think I kind of became good friends with me this year. So that that was really fun. I guess that sounds so hokey. I... You guys have no idea how weird it is to just talk to yourself into a microphone. (laughs) I like having guests. Woo! So I guess what I would just say is if you have any um, 
If you want to spend any time reflecting on this year, or if you want to ask your kiddos, like, what was their favorite part about this year that happened on the inside of them or on the outside, I I would just wager that it's probably going to be, at minimum, a cute conversation and one of those things where um, you can kind of practice building that self-awareness. Okay, so here's this other realization that I had about transactional living and moving away from it to something that's a little bit more free-flowing, a little bit more authentic. So there's blowback when you move from having a transactional style of living to having a less, a much less transactional style of life. There are problems. And like, The problem is that you end up feeling this kind of crazy amount of, I'm going to say fear, something like a lot of self-doubt. So there's some blowback. Sometimes the people in your life have noticed that the rules changed and there there might be some agitation outside of your life. And sometimes like when you realize you're taking your child out of a system that you know, like you know how the transaction rules work, you know about the grades and the tests and the future, and you think you have control over that and that you can map that out. No, I mean, we now know, like realizing that is bullshit and we can't map it out and it's a lie. It's just this, the idea of control and there's a bit of like parental terror when you take yourself and, and your child away from that, the rules, that mainstream of transactional living over to more authentic way of being, um, where you follow, you learn to hear yourself and you get a little bit away from the crowd and you learn to be an actual individual that isn't looking outside of yourself for a reward system. So of course, you know, you're making the right decision. But that period of time and those feelings um, of change from going, hey, this is the transit, we're in transactional, oh gosh, we're in transaction life. We're going to leave that and go over to this other life that doesn't have as much transaction based (laughs) things in it. Why did I pick such a hard word to talk about 500 times transaction, transaction? Anyway, I feel like that unpleasant experience is what we call de-schooling. So when you move away from the rules to a space where there are fewer rules, or really where it's more honest, where it's like, hey, we don't know where life is going. We're going to ride the wave of life instead of try to control it because the control is is just um, an illusion anyway. So... I guess what I would say is, I think that's an interesting, for me, that was a picture of my de-schooling. I was willing to put myself at risk. Like I went through, okay, I'll put myself at risk. I'll go through this hard thing to move away from transactional living. But my own child, I mean, that, that 
is more terrifying. Um, it's like you feel like you have your their lives in your hands. Now, what I think is I have my life in my hands to an extent. And I'm teaching my child to have his life in his hands. And my husband has his life in his hands. Like all we can do is just kind of be the best we we can be. So anyway, I thought that we will need to talk about de-schooling one of these episodes. But I really think that that for me was captured in the transition from having a transactional based focus to having um, a focus of living that isn't dependent on any external reward system. With that, let's talk about our top five for now. Or my, I always act like there's a bunch of people sitting here and I'm representing some group. No, 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 I'm just hanging out. My dog is sitting behind me and that's like it. Okay, so my top five right now, I have to say my top, my top, top five right now is finishing the rough draft of a novel. I never thought I would do something like that, or I think I thought it would happen someday in the future, but I was shocked that it was now. And definitely slaying that dragon and getting that that thing done in just maybe 21 days. I feel so happy about that. And so I'm happy that that is finished. The next would have to be... Um, this soup that I'm making right now. You guys know that I had a soup class the other day. And so I'm like, I, we've probably had enough food. All of us cannot stand to talk about food, but I'm making a soup called Caldo Verde. And it's a Spanish soup. And so, yeah. And then I, I am watching The Good Place. That is one of my top five right now. That's pretty fun. It has a lot of complex, sophisticated philosophy messages in it. So that's been really good. Um, Junior Mints. I like Junior Mints a lot right now. And last but not least would be the request that my husband is getting to make state-shaped cutting boards is really adorable right now. People are people saw that he made an Oklahoma shape cutting board and they're like, oh, can you make one for Kansas? Can you make a Colorado one, which is just a square, but you know, and so that was, has been really cute because he's been super stoked to see people enjoying what he's made. Really proud of himself. I'm super excited for him. So those are my top five for right now. And hit me up on Twitter at Christy Cash for your top five. And with that, I will say ta-ta for now. Wow.